This is the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. Hey gang, before you listen to this next episode, I wanted to give you a little bit of a preview. I recorded this episode about two weeks ago because I thought that this Saturday I would be running the Emerald Owl Marathon. I had no idea at that point in time about the spread of the coronavirus, and I had no idea, could not have fathomed, that every single marathon in the country would be canceled, and that the Boston Marathon would be postponed. Providentially, or ironically, however you want to look at it, the emphasis of this episode is overcoming obstacles. And so I'm going to talk about the obstacles that I've overcome, and how I was going to go tackle brand new obstacles and try to beat the marathon that has beaten me several times. Well, here I am again. I don't even get to run it. Now, before I get all weepy, there's a lot of people in a lot worse conditions than I am. But it is frustrating to spend 14 weeks training for something and then not even getting to run it. So, I thought, maybe I should just scrap this episode. And then I thought, no, this is the perfect picture of trying to overcome another obstacle. So I'm going to leave it up and listen to it. Hopefully it will be an encouragement to you. I don't know when I'm running my next marathon because there's no marathon scheduled in the entire country. The Emerald Isle was rescheduled for, I believe it's Halloween, and then we'll be running again next year. I'm hoping the Ravana Marathon will run in September. They didn't run that one last year. Uh, And if not, there's always the tried and true Richmond Marathon in November if that's there. But either way, for my running goals and for many other people's running goals, excuse me, coronavirus is just another obstacle we've got to overcome. So I hope you enjoy this episode. hope you get something out of it. Just know that I'm aware of the irony and the providence of the fact that I didn't even get to run it. I hope you're all doing well. Praying for you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast with Jay Gordon Duncan. And if you're wondering why the Jay, the answer is I am not a bagpipe player. And if that joke doesn't make any sense, I encourage you to check out episode zero, where we talk about that joke as well as the purpose of the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast, where we talk about faith, family, fitness, finances, and sometimes fun. Well, friends, thanks so much again. What a great week! Uh, it's been amazing, and I know I say this almost every episode, but thank you so much. I'm just very thankful that anyone would tune in and listen to what I have to say, or tune in and listen to the interviews, um, or my Wednesday Wisdom, Free Fridays, all those things. It means a ton that you would do that. So thanks. The audience is growing, and the community is growing. Um, and this week, I am reflecting on marathons. Now, I always apologize when I talk about marathons because I assume that people groan a little bit when I talk about running. But honestly, I don't know if that's the case. No one has ever said, Gordon, quit talking about running or quit talking about marathons. In fact, no one has ever said that. Uh, So I'm going to assume maybe to some extent you guys enjoy it. But I do try to keep uh, the marathon stuff to a minimum because I know it's it's a select... Uh, hobby. I mean, it's not what everybody's doing. I want to make sure when I'm talking about fitness that it has a general broad application to as many people as possible. But this time, I'm going to be a little bit selfish and think through some thoughts as I prepare for the Emerald Isle Marathon. The Emerald Isle Marathon is the last Saturday in March, 
And I've run this marathon before. In fact, I've attempted it three times before. This is my fourth. And it's a pretty tough marathon. On paper, you wouldn't think so. The majority of it is pancake flat. The, the first six or eight miles have got a few heel, hills, excuse me, but they're not bad. Uh, but it's pretty much flat. You can bump into some heat. You can bump into some wind, but it's nothing like the wind that I experienced at the Richmond Marathon last year, going over the James River Bridge, where I really thought I was just going to get swept off the bridge. But it's a tough marathon uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, What I want to do is I want to walk through my three prior attempts at the Emerald Isle Marathon and then talk about what's going on with me not now and use it as a general encouragement to all of you as you seek to achieve your fitness goals. I first attempted the, uh, the Emerald Isle Marathon uh, three, four years ago, and uh, I was pretty excited about it. I came in really in great shape, and as always, I was shooting to qualify for Boston. And uh, I'm running it, and there was a quick uptick in temperature, um, over a 20-degree increase of temperature uh, during the course of the race. So we zoomed up really quickly into the 70s. Now this race has run really well, it's organized really well, but there's always less than 100 people running it. Sometimes as few as like 70, 75 people running it. And because of that, what that means is you're not going to have a ton of aid stations, a ton of water. They do a good job. Listen, they cover their bases. Uh, but it's not like a lot of other marathons where you get every other mile and then every mile for the last 20 or something like that. And I got down there and I ran it. And in retrospect, I realized that the day of I was, I was not as hydrated as I should have been. Um, and back then, I used to run with a belt. I used to run uh, with a hydration belt that would hold uh, four water bottles. I no longer do that. I used to think I was absolutely dependent. I could never imagine running a marathon without it. Back then, I felt like I had to. And so I started out in my normal race, and and there were some friends there, some friends from a camp that I used to work at. Uh, They were running as well, uh, a friend I worked with, and he was in there. And uh, I'm running it, and what you do at the beginning is you do this little teardrop loop. It's like the first eight miles is a down and back. And so you actually run by the start line around mile eight. And as I was running those first eight miles, the uh, belt was just driving me crazy. I couldn't get it to sit right. I was constantly adjusting it. Um, and, and really, it was annoying me, and I just thought to myself, I'm not going to be able to run this marathon if I'm constantly adjusting the belt. So as I come around mile eight or so, I see my friends, uh, the family of my friends, and I think, hey, I'll drop the belt off with them, and that way I can get it at the finish line. So they're like, hey, Gordon, and I'm like, can you take my belt? And they're like, sure. So I, I took it off real quick, handed it to them, and took off to run, and, and I ran into a street sign. I lie to you not, like just straight into a street sign, uh, stunned myself a little bit, and and kept going. And so it it was just a tough mile. It was like a a stop right then. Uh, You go through this long three-mile stretch, then you cross the street, you go through another really long three-mile stretch. And it was in that six miles that the heat just shot up. 
and I didn't have my hydration. I had always trained with hydration. I was completely dependent upon always having that belt. And I really didn't know how to run a race without it. And so I started, my core started to heat up and heat up and I started to get so hot. And then finally what happened is somewhere around mile 14, I just sat down at an aid station. And they gave me some water and they poured water over my head and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm just overheating. And they called an ambulance. That's what they're supposed to do. They call an ambulance when a runner sits down like that. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't DNF. I can't have a DN, uh, did not finish. I never had one at that point in time. Um, and I just, I didn't know what to do. And I hear the ambulance coming. And I said something like, well, uh, they can take care of me and I can go, get going. And they told me, no, when the ambulance gets here, they have to take you. And I thought, well, if that ambulance gets here, my race is over. So I chugged as much water as I could, and with the ambulance, uh, it, you know, I could hear them. They were close by. I stood up and took off again. And they're like, are you sure? And very stubbornly, I was like, I'll be fine. And so I had almost a half marathon to go there, and it was miserable. Oh, my goodness. It was absolutely miserable. And at that point in time, I'm just thinking, can I finish under four hours? And, friends, that's a long time to run. It really, especially when you're miserable. And there were a couple of times I grabbed a full water bottle from someone and just ran with a water bottle. And so I finished barely. It was under four hours. And I saw my friends, and they're like, are you okay? I was like, I totally overheated. And my buddy who was running... He also had the same situation, but he got taken off the course. And I told him my situation, and I was like, it was awful, but I just didn't want to DNF. I didn't want to go home, I tell my kids, I DNF'd. So I leave and go get a shower. Um, I was staying at a friend's house. On the way back, I see that my buddy is back on the course, and he's back out there. So I go to the finish line and wait for him, and he crosses, and he says, man, I heard your story, and I wanted to finish. And so he went back out there, and he finished. And so it was a great, great moment. It was one of those experiences that only the marathon can provide for you. I was completely dead, completely wasted. I had to drive five hours after that, and I did it. Uh, but that course got me that day. So I wanted to come back because I knew that I had a good race in me at Emerald Isle. And I felt like I could qualify for Boston. So I went back for race number two. And uh, I believe I've told this story with all of you. I know I have um, on, the, on the podcast. That was the race that I did qualify for Boston. I qualified by 28 seconds. But at that race, I actually ran off course. And someone had to go get me. Uh, somewhere in those first eight miles you do um, a 180. You, you'd make a turn, you get water, and then you take another turn deeper into this neighborhood. And that day, I made a turn, I grabbed the water, and I didn't see the second turn. And so I went off, just running. And thankfully, another runner chased me down and said, you missed the turn. And so, because remember, this is not a big race. There's not hundreds and thousands of people running. You can easily run by yourself. And so I didn't know I had run off course. And so they grabbed me and sacrificed a lot of their time and got me back on course. 
And so I qualified for Boston at the second one, but I ran off course and wasted probably a good solid minute. So last year, I go back to the Dow Marathon, and I'm like, I've got this one. I'm feeling amazing. And friends, at that eight-mile teardrop, uh, as you loop back to the starting line, I stopped. I stopped. Um, I was having some, uh, how do you describe it, uh, some intestinal issues, and I was feeling awful, and I wound up DNFing. And uh, so in total, in my running career, I've had two DNFs, uh, both for physical conditions, like intestinal type stuff. So that's my history with the Emerald Isle Marathon. Uh, I, you know, ideally, it should be like the easiest course you can run. Because once you get past that eight-mile point, it's just flat. It's flat. It's lonely. There's at least two points on the course where you'll run for about three miles almost by yourself, especially if you're in the front 25%. And so I've done that. Uh, two years ago, I finished, I believe it was ninth. Uh, and so if you're going to do that, you're going to run alone. And you gotta be, you've got to be a disciplined, solitary runner to do it. You don't have control of the temps. It can be hot at the beach. It can be windy at the beach. You just don't have control of those things. So, uh, but you never have control of the weather, ever. You never really know what's going to happen. But the beach offers some unique temperatures. Uh, and, and, and again, ideally, you would think this would be a race that you could just crush. And you should. So here I am. I'm signed up for it for the fourth time. Um, and I'm trying to ask myself, what am I prepared for? Like, how am I feeling? Well, train-wise, I couldn't ask for anything better. Uh, my numbers have been better. Uh, my long run a couple of weeks ago with that 23-miler, I had a 23-mile run where I was not trying to run at pace. Um, had I finished it with just three more miles, which I could have done, it would have been like the fourth or fifth fastest marathon I've ever run. And I was really encouraged by that because I didn't feel exhausted. I didn't hit a wall. I was feeling good. Um, so my training cycle has gone really well. Um, my calf is not bothering me. In addition, uh, I've got my, my Nike Vaporflies. Uh, these are the 4% shoes that increase your efficiency by 4%. I've been out with them twice. Uh, the second time I ran in them, I was stunned. Um, I ran a, a six, what was it? Um, man, I don't even know. It was like a, a, a 630-something eight-miler, like a crazy number that I just, I mean, the shoes were just super efficient. I've got them. Um, there's nothing I can really do physically to prepare. Uh, so as I go into this fourth one, um, I know this. I know I've got to be well hydrated. I've got to get onto that starting line uh, well hydrated uh, because um, it, it can just get hot really fast or it can be hot, hot the day of. Um, I, I don't drink a big giant smoothie before my race anymore because honestly, it just makes me have to pee. Uh, so what that means is I've got to have my cup of coffee, my one cup, uh, and then I've got to have water and then I've got to be ready to run on that and not stop on that, right? Uh, so there's that. But really, this race comes down to mental. Um, when uh, runners talk about training for a marathon, they'll tell you this. They'll say, training for a marathon is 90% physical. Well, you just have to get out there and do it. But running a marathon is 90% mental. 
because there you are constantly determining how much pain can I endure? How much do I have left in the tank? Am I keeping my pace? Am I hitting my numbers? Am I starting out too soon? So when you run a marathon, it is 90% mental. So I feel like I've got that pretty well set. Like I'm ready. Mentally, I'm ready for this marathon. I qualified for Boston back in November at Richmond. I'm running this race, one, because I love running them, but two, uh, because I want to increase my qualification uh, to make sure I still get in with that really wonky Boston College qualification system. So that's where I'm going. Mentally, I'm ready. I mean, I, I am, I, I'm mentally tough. I'm visualizing the race. I'm visualizing the difficult parts of the race and what I want to be thinking as I'm going through those portions. And then I'm visualizing that end where I'm seeing myself cross the finish line where I'm doing really, really well, where I'm, I, I'm, I don't have any energy left, but it's because I'm finishing strong. That's it. So that's the last week in last weekend, last Saturday in March. I feel super prepared for it and just uh, hoping and praying for good weather and a good day. Now, all of this, uh, what I hope, can apply to you in a couple of ways. Um, everyone, I hope, has fitness goals. And if you don't, it's a constant theme on the This Is Gonna Hurt podcast that I want you to have fitness goals. This is my 21st marathon. Now, you don't run 21 marathons unless you love it, and I do. I love the training, I love the discipline, I love running marathons. But all of this has been in the goal of running the Boston Marathon. And my story is that I started running, and then my seizures made me take a big step back, and then it's been, what do I have to do to overcome the seizure meds? What do I have to do to overcome this obstacle and next? And so all of this has been about running the Boston Marathon. I have qualified, but I don't know if I'm in yet because, again, the wonky qualification uh, system. This race is to help that. So I know, and you might say, Gordon, it looks like it comes so easy to you. It doesn't. I know what it's like to chase a goal over 10 years to try to achieve it. No, I don't have, I'm not trying to lose weight, but you know what? I know what it's like to chase a goal for 10 years to try, excuse me, to try to achieve it. So friends, part of this, the way this applies to you is no matter what your health goal is, whether it's to get faster or to run a 5K or to lose weight or whatever the case may be, friends, Part of it is making that goal so important to you that it enables you to persevere when you're failing or not hitting your goal. This goal is so important to me. I want to be able to say that my marathon, excuse me, that my epilepsy didn't win. I want to be able to say uh, that when I'm in Boston, I'm going to be 50 years old when I run that race. That despite being 50, I was able to qualify. I want to be able to say that my health was important to me and I made the sacrifices necessary for it. And friends, that's got to be it for you too. Make big goals and have a big why, a big reason why you want to accomplish them. So big that when you are tempted to stop, you remind yourself, no, 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 this is important because of. Friends, that's part of it. And so, yes, I love training. I love the discipline. I love the schedule. I love the marathon. But I'm doing this because the big goal is to get into Boston. And I have made so many adjustments along the way. Adjustments in shoes. Adjustment in the way I eat. The way adjustment in my sleep. Because it's important to me. And you, I want you to do that too. What's your big goal? 
What's the why? Why are you doing it? And I want you to stay at it, friends. So my goal is I'm going to get down there and I'm going to run this race the best I can. Uh, Marathons are a, a fickle lover which means they're different every single day. You never know what the temp's going to be. You never know how you're going to feel. No matter what you do, you can just wake up and have a bad day. All that's going on. But that's true for you guys too because you wake up to accomplish that goal and you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know what your temptation is that day, but you just got to stay at the goal and the discipline to achieve it. So friends, I'm getting out there. What I'm hoping is that I can give you a great race report when I'm get done. Uh, maybe it's a big, long race report. Maybe it's only a free Friday. I don't know. But I'm hoping that when you hear from me on this, I've got good news to report. Good news for me is always, did I finish safely? That's important. That's the first one. Um, but I want to qualify for Boston again. I want to set a PR, and I, a personal record, and I want to stretch out that distance that I've qualified for Boston by so much um, that I'm going to get in. So, friends, thank you for listening. As always, if you like this, uh, don't hesitate. Uh, take a picture of it. Put it up on the socials. Put it on your stories. As always, I'd appreciate a review. Lots of stars. Lots of reviews. And, friends, I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye.